or what's happening ascent. Listen, we have made it all the way to midway through December. This has been quite the year, but today, I know many of you are probably distracted. Some of you are probably even upset and frustrated. Uh, my name's Maurice, so I haven't met you yet, but many of you already know who I am, and you're looking at me kind of sideways because yes, the hair is gone. It's cut, it ran away, you know, whatever you want to think, right? Uh, I'm sitting back though, and I'm thinking to myself, I can't start this without having some sort of something to remember the haircut. Because many of you know, and many of you uh, have texted me, you've showed me, you showed the love for Mo with the fro. That's been the hashtag at the top of quarantine. I've had a high top, it started to grow, but yes, I did cut it. Rest in peace, it's gone, okay? But just for you, so that you're not distracted through my entire sermon, I decided to do something a little bit special, to take a little bit uh, trip down memory lane, to take a flashback on Mo with the Fro. So take a moment to check this out and I'll be back. All right, Ascent, I'm so glad that we got a chance to remember for a second Mo with the Fro, but we got to get started with today's message. We are in a series entitled Unexpected Gift, and I'm so excited about that because, for many reasons, but one in particular because uh, the church world, Christians all across the world, people who follow after Jesus all across the world in this season, take a moment to stop and remember and anticipate. We remember and anticipate that story of Jesus and when he entered into our world as a baby boy and changed the trajectory of our entire being of who we are. This is a moment that we begin to stop and slow down our lives to think about what really happened and why this story of just awesomeness and majesty matters even today. There was a con to put it in context, there's been some times in, in scripture that we look at when Jesus enters the scene, it was a dark time. It was a quiet time. It was a time when people were longing to find or to hear from God, and it seemed as though God was just silent. And have you ever been in that situation where God is too silent and you get a little bit more jaded and you get a little bit more uh, uh, in the rhythm that Maybe he's just not talking. Maybe he's not up there. We, there's doubt that starts to sink in. And I can only imagine what that felt like for the characters of the Jesus story. And this is where we enter in today because we remember and anticipate that story of Jesus. And the characters that I want to highlight are actually the angels. Or in some versions of the Bible, it talks about the heavenly host. Now, maybe you don't think about angels the way that I do or uh, whatever that may be, these spiritual beings, but this story is so important of what they do and what they say, because these characters show us what I believe the posture of our hearts need to be in this season. As we think about remembering and anticipating, this story of the birth of Jesus is one that is special and it's special. It's only gonna be special when we take a moment to immerse ourselves in that story. Remember and anticipate. If you don't grab anything else, I want you to remember those two words. Because this is a season like no other that we need, we are called to remember. 
We are called to anticipate. Some people use the language of expectant hope around the story and the birth of Jesus. So the angels, not only did they remember and anticipate, but I love this story because they actually decided to enter the story and enter the story of Jesus, enter onto the scene with song. That's right, you heard me correctly. They break out in song. And these lyrics are something that I wanted to emphasize and to show for us today, because this is what we're gonna hang our hat on, the lyrics of the angels that come from heaven, what they say matters then, and I believe it matters now. Read with me Luke chapter two. It's gonna be a quick verse, because the song is not a long song, but it's Luke chapter two, verse 13. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest heaven. It's a simple song. It's two lines, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to whom his favor rests upon. Glory to God in the highest heaven. These lyrics are gonna be the very lyrics that we sit with. Have you ever been there? You ever sat in a moment where there's lyrics that just resonate with you? You got a favorite song or you got you know, something that's on your playlist and you, can, you know word for word. And it's something really special when those words line up with the season that you're currently in in your life. Well, I believe we now need to realign our life, adjust our life to what the angels are singing in that moment. What does that mean? How do we unpack that? Well, that's what today is gonna be about. Lyrics, song. I'm not gonna ask you to sing. I probably should. I'm not gonna sing. I probably shouldn't. But today, we're gonna to find out why these lyrics matter to us and what the angels are singing in this moment I firmly believe as we take a moment to remember and anticipate, these lyrics are gonna impact us in a new way if we take hold of this truth. Hey, I know Mo is super pumped to get to singing, but I got something I just have to share with you. Mo said the phrase, expectant hope. But right now, inside this building, hope is being realized because right now, the first volunteers for the Christmas shop today are in there getting ready. All week, we've had families coming in. We've had them driving up right here using our drive-up service where they're able to do all their shopping online. So much effort has gone into making sure that the Christmas shop can still happen. And listen, we've got a whole nother week of it ahead of us and we still need your help. There are some opportunities to volunteer still open. We still need your donations to make it happen. We invite you this week, continue to be a part of the Christmas shop because when the Christmas shop happens, we make sure that every kid up and down the front range gets to go to bed on Christmas Eve, ready to have a great morning on Christmas morning. And we actually all get to have an especially great Christmas Eve this year because we are gonna have two options for our Christmas Eve service. We'll have our online option just like what you're watching right now. It'll be what you've come to expect, but there's another opportunity. On Christmas Eve at four o'clock, 5.30 and seven, we invite you to come to this parking lot. Come back to the parking lot you haven't been in for so long for a drive up service. 
You'll come in, you'll stay in your car, we will sing together, we will hear a message from our pastor, and we will celebrate Christmas Eve in person together. Hit up the website where you can sign up to get your spot or to help volunteer in the parking lot because we got a lot of cars to move around and we do need your help for that. We're so pumped for that service because it helps us live fully into the vision of who we are as a church, to be a place where people see Jesus clearly and find life. And we are so grateful for those of you who have chosen to partner with this church in seeing that vision come into reality. Those of you who have so generously supported this church, we are grateful and we invite Everyone out there, if you have been blessed by this church and if you are convinced that this mission is the one you want to be a part of, to consider extending your act of service and worship and obedience to God by partnering with the church through your generosity, to give back from what God has already given to you. Okay, those are like the announcements. Uh, but before I kick it back to that song, we just need a moment to have a family moment. And if you've been around this church, you know that we like to use that word and think of this as a family. And I know it's not a secret to anybody that COVID just sucks. Um, and it's been really hard here. And so we wanna take a moment um, to say that we believe that the mission of this church is going forward, that God is still in it, that um, we're gonna continue to be who we've always been. And that includes in the way that we want to always love and care for families. But our family talk is that this week, uh, if you haven't seen the email, our kids pastor, Kayla Maxey, who is, I've always told her is the person that I wanna be when I grow up. Um, her job was eliminated um, this, this week as a, as a result of the financial situation that we find ourselves in. And those of you who are lucky enough to know Kayla well, and I know that's a lot of people know, that there's no person who we love more who we admire more, who more exemplifies what it means to be a follower of Jesus and what it means to be the sort of person who wants to help people see who Jesus is. Um, Kayla, I love you and I'm so sad. And I know that so many of us feel that same way. You are an amazing person. We love you dearly and we are so sad to see you go. So we are gonna take a moment now and we're gonna head it back over to, to join each other in song as we continue on this service.
to Bethlehem and see Him whose birth the angels see Come adore on bended knee Christ the Lord, the I have seen people all over social media posting this, you know, this new thing that's out, not new, but people do it often, and it's on Spotify. And with Spotify, it's this music platform. And at the end of the year, it gives you a recap of all of the lyrics that you've been listening to, all the, the top bands that you've been listening to, and the, uh, the number one song that you've been played, the number of hours that you've listened to music. And people will post these and, and show these on their social media. And some people have posted, I'll try to put the, a picture of that on the screen. And it tells you even it, what percentage you're in the, the top 2% of the Taylor Swift listeners who've listened to her music this amount of time, or the top 0.1%. It's something to somewhat brag about when it's your favorite brand, band or your favorite person to listen to and all the genres of music. This is something that's been uh, going on for some years now. And I begin to think about how important lyrics are to us, how sometimes lyrics really impact who we are. It's so much so that when we're driving down the street or your favorite song comes on and you begin to burst out in singing. You, you know, there's things that we do even culturally when we go to a certain bar or a certain uh, particular establishment and a karaoke night is up, right? Some of you got your favorite karaoke songs. Come on. What is that? Type it in the chat bar, whatever that may look like, right? You got your favorite karaoke songs and all of these things that come up. And we love to have music that we lean on, music that brings us through situations, lyrics that ring true to our souls because it does something. It does something to our essence. It, it does something to who we are and it brings us to a, certain, uh, to a certain place, a certain mood or a certain vibe as young people would say. And I think about the lyrics of the scripture that I've just read and I see how important they are to us. It actually took me back to a moment of what it looks like in a context back home in California. For me, if you don't know anything about my story, I grew up in a predominantly black church. And in the black church context, I'm going to give you just a little bit of education on today. In the black church context, there is a phrase that we use called a praise break. The praise break is a moment within the service that's unscripted, it's unplanned, it's spontaneous. It's something that happens, and it's a posture shift. It's a response 
to the presence of God. It's not something that you can you can put on your agenda. It's not something that you can schedule. It's something that happens. And we just feel the discernment enough to take a moment to stop, pause, put everything aside. And like the old church that I go to used to say, make room for the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Not in some spooky way, not in some overly emotive way, but in a way where we take notice that there's something special that's happening. There's a presence that is sitting within us, with, with on us and within us in the room right now. And we need to respond to that. We need to shift our posture in a way that responds to this moment. Praise break. I've seen people do, uh, I've seen people who are introverted and reserved and conservative and uh, fingers crossed and arms folded and sit to themselves and listen to the message and just stare. They don't really necessarily say anything. And, uh, you know, they sit in their lap. Right. That's that's some people who who whoever that may be. Right. They, I've seen people who are in, in that category. My wife is one of them. And they're to themselves. And in a praise break moment, it's something that is so transcendent that even that person comes out of their shell in some ways and does something out of the ordinary. Praise break. Praise break is something that calls for the soul to respond to something that's happening in the room. Praise break. I bring that up because what I see in the scripture is a cultural black church Praise break. That's right. I see the angels through the lens of my eyes. I see this because what the scripture shows us and what it says, it says suddenly, not planned, not scripted, not something that was uh, on the agenda. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, singing glory to God in the highest heaven. There is a moment in this scripture that even in the darkest of times when God seemed silent, the birth of Jesus called for a response and heavenly hosts come out of heaven and they begin to sing a song in this moment, praise break. I think it's something for us to learn in this moment because what I see for us to do in this moment, for us to see of what the scripture shows us and what the angels, I believe, we can learn from, is that even in our darkest times, even in times where God seems unresponsive, even, even in the time where Christmas doesn't necessarily seem like Christmas anymore, even in the moment when we're trying to enter into a new season, even when we're trying to remember and anticipate, even when we're trying to make it through a 2020 there is room for a praise break. And I believe in our cultural chaotic moment now, like never before, the church, the body of Christ, I think there is some sort of demand on our soul to respond, to shift our posture, to recognize God is desiring to move. And isn't this the special season that we're entering into? to do just that. I don't know what that looks like for you at home. I don't know what that looks like for you practically. I don't know exactly what you want to do, but I would encourage you to see what that means for you. What does it mean to break rhythm? What does it mean to get out of the necessarily comfort zone of, that you may be in? What does it mean to recognize what is it that God desires to do right now? 
Because this is a season of us remembering and anticipating and the angels show us and guide us of what to do in this moment. I was sitting back with my wife the other day and I was thinking to myself, what this moment means for us as society, as culture. We sat back and we, I am of an old school tradition and I posted this on Facebook. I got a lot of flack for it. Listen, I am what I am. I do what I do, okay? This tradition that I hold on to is that there is no blending of the holidays. I like my holidays compartmentalized. I like them in different categories. And so this year seemed even earlier. Every year there's a debate around when the tree goes up, when ornaments go up. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of fun, all those things. But this year seemed as though it even moved even earlier, of the Christmas tradition and the songs and the music and all of the decor and people just moved it up earlier. And I'm like, what about the turkey? Are you, excuse me, wait a second. We don't just rush from one thing to the next. And so me and my wife, we actually got into this debate because there's an amazing movie that came out. And there's this movie that came out called Jingle Jangle. I haven't seen it yet. I plan on watching it. By the time you watch this, you probably will see it, but listen, I'm sitting back in this pre-Thanksgiving, and we're talking about it, and I hear amazing reviews. I hear that it's awesome. Perfect. Can't wait to get to it, because I'm not going to watch it now, because it hasn't even been Thanksgiving yet. My wife, on the other hand, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie, and we're going to watch it right now. And so we're going back and forth. I posted on Facebook. I got a lot of flag for it, but I'm seeing people more and more bring it even earlier as far as the tradition goes. I bring that up because my wife came to the conclusion, and I believe even people on Facebook, and this is kind of what I believe the, uh, the, uh, uh, the consensus is, is that, Maurice, listen, I get what you're saying. I know there's a debate for that, but this is a particular year. This is a peculiar year. This is a very interesting year, and we need Christmas earlier. We need Christmas now. And I get that. And I recognized where people were coming from. And what it showed me was that I think in this season that we are in, people are sitting at the edge of their seats with an expectant hope. People are, no matter who you are, whether you're a person who follows Christ or not, you're you're sitting at the edge of your seat wanting to change the chapter, longing to change the subject, longing to switch into a different season, longing to get into a different mode, longing to find yourself doing something different, getting out of what the current season brings us. And I get that. I think there's even room and space for that. But I want to encourage us, for, for, for many of us need to recognize that the story of Christ is a little bit different than culture. And it's not a moment to escape our current reality. The story of Christ is not pulling us to detach ourselves from what is happening in our world. What I like about the story of Christ is that even in its lowest place, even in the place where it felt stale, where the relationship with God was off, where they seemed jaded and God was quiet for hundreds of years and they didn't even hear from him. And they started to sink into a moment of somewhat even doubting and that there was longing. I'm I'm wanting to long for God, but yet I don't hear God. And there's this tension in between that. And yet, what I see in the scripture from these angels is that even in hope, even when you are hoping, even in the midst of what hope looks like, there's also going to be some hurt. Hope can bear on its shoulders heartache. 
Hope does not mean that it doesn't come without seasons of grief and loss. And what I bring this up is because we are all in a moment where our hearts are open to receive some sort of hope, some sort of longing, some sort of recognition of what to do in this moment. And when I look at the song of the angels, glory to God in the highest of heavens. That's it. That's where I want to pause. That, that, that's the scripture I want you to lean into today and for the rest of this week and for the rest of this season. Because what I see in this moment of the scripture not just the praise break, not just the lyric that we see and we can kind of brush off. But I see this lyric as something to shift our posture, to move us into a place of recognizing who God is. And in this Christmas season, I think that's what it will bring us back to the moment of hope. That'll bring us back to this moment of awe and wonder of the Christ, of Jesus, our Savior. I was sitting back the other day and I was having a moment to myself because I, I got to be honest with you. I have been wanting a new season. I have been wanting to stop talking about some pandemic. I have been wanting to get out of this same rhetoric of unprecedented. Stop telling me things are unprecedented. I don't want to hear that word anymore. I have been longing to move on from these things and this season, and I just want to get out of it. And I've been longing to try to escape from all of those things. And I, the, the Christmas season has come around. And as I begin to stop myself and unhurry my life and reflect and to try to remember and try to anticipate God, what, what, what I've been sensing in this season and what has given me hope and what has put my anchor even deeper into Christ is to get to know him and to recognize him for who he is, what he has been showing me in this season. I've been coming to him and I've been coming to him. And, and I think what this, what this year has brought upon my relationship with God has been this reactionary phase. I was sitting in quiet time and I was talking with Aisha a little bit because all these things are on my heart and all this stuff and all this year, whatever it may be, this just kept coming up. And it's not like I audibly hear from God or all these things. But when I get a chance to quiet my soul. I can align these different words that come up and what I sense God moving in and showing all of us in this moment, especially me. It's don't just come to me for stuff. Don't just come to me for what I can do for you, Maurice. There's a famous song back in the 80s, Janet Jackson. If you're an 80s baby, you probably know who she is. You probably recognize the song. It's a song entitled, What Have You Done For Me Lately? And in 2020, that has been my conversation with God. What have you done for me lately? And God is saying, listen, hold on, take a moment. To take a moment for a second, because I want you to come to me when things come up. I want you to come to me around things of injustice and all the things that you see happening on TV with all the stuff, right? I want you to come to me when things are not happening right with finances and all the things. I want you to come to me. But don't just come to me for stuff. Don't come to me with a heart posture of what can I do for you. And as I've taken a moment to stop and reflect not only on this year, but in this season of the birth of Christ, I'm sitting and resting in who he is. It's not just what I can do for you, Maurice. It's who I am. 
Long before there was racism, long before there was any bigotry, long before there was an election, long before there was uh, all these topics that are coming up in, in debates and anti-abortion and abortion and all these things, and all, what the things are that you're seeing on, on TV, all, long before there was rigged election, non-rigged election, long before there was any of the Thanksgiving, non-Thanksgiving, distancing, social distancing, what to do, pandemic, long before there were things that you are bringing up to me, there was me. There was the great I am. So yes, I understand the plight of what's happening in your world, but don't forget to rest in who I am. Abba, Father, Jesus, our Savior, our Rescuer. Don't just come to me for stuff. Don't just come to me because of all the things happening in your world. What I like about the scripture When I read glory to God in the highest heaven, this lyric, this song that the angels come to. Is that they're showing and they're giving honor to God for who he is. What I see in that scripture is that they're showing us how to posture our hearts towards God. What I don't see in that scripture is Maurice's bank account. What I don't see in that scripture is the status of my resume. What I don't see in that scripture is my pursuit of my master's degree. What I don't see in that scripture is the house that I'm longing to get. What I don't see in that scripture is the state of my marriage. What I I don't see in that scripture is all of these American Western concepts that we chase after. What I don't see in that scripture is what about me? What about me, Mark? What about me? What what about me? And I, I think for me in this season, what I have actually rested in is that I have recentered Jesus to be the focus and I have dethroned Maurice from being at the center. And this is what I believe God is longing for us to do in this season. Yes, I understand. Yes, I am the God who is with you and I sense and I feel what you feel. But make sure that you're just not coming to me for what I can do but you're coming to me because of who I am. Resting in who Jesus is, resting in this birth of a savior, who we got on that day when Jesus came into our world was mighty counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. These are the things we have to sit in. And I believe what brings back the wonder, what brings back the honor, what brings back the majesty of the story of Jesus is when we sit and rest in who he is. So these lyrics that we see from the angels, I want to be from us. I want that to be our story. I want that to be our posture. This moment calls for us to praise break, as the black church would say, get away from our normal rhythms, get away from what happens in society and to sit in this moment and to think about who God is. Because isn't that enough? Isn't before anything happens in our world, isn't before there's a 2021, long before there was a a problem that we see in our world, long before there was a, a Maurice, long before there was a you, long before there was an ascent, there was God all by himself being God. And we give glory to that. We give weight to that. I don't know about you, but I just needed a moment. I need this season to rest in that, to rest in the moment that Jesus came to our world 
and brought us a savior, savior, a rescuer. These, these things, these things we can see from the story and from the song of the angels. Let that be your song. What is your song in this season? Is it like me? where it points back to who I am. God, what are you doing for me? Is that the song? What have you done for me lately? What's your song? What, what is your lyric of your heart in this moment? And if it's not God being at the center, if it's not him being at the very forefront of it all, then join me on this journey as we continue to sit in who he is because that is what matters, especially in a season where we remember and we anticipate. As we take this moment to reflect and as we take this moment to sit back, I want you to take a moment to listen to these songs. I want you to take a moment to worship and hear the story of Christ.
I don't know about you, but now more than ever, I'm longing and hoping for the story of Jesus to be full of awe and wonder and majesty, to be a refresher for my soul, to be something that brings a new life. Not something that detaches me or pulls me away from my current circumstances because God is with me in my current circumstances. But as I lean into this story, I need that freshness. I need the grit of what it was really like being immersed in that story and in that culture. And I bring that up because I believe application-wise, the way that we practically do that, there's a few ways. I'm reminded that our co-pastor Jim shares a story with the church often. And it always stuck with me because I believe this is one of those ways that restores that expectant hope and that restoration and that, uh, that awe and that wonder of this story. It's not just another story. It's not just something that is commercialized. Don't let it get too uh, tied up in a bow. It's something that is really gritty. It's something that shows us just how powerful God is. And what Jim shares is that early on, before he was a Christian, before he knew God and all the stuff, before he started to become pastor and all those things, early on at the very beginning, he decided to just take a Bible. If he wanted to find who God was, he wanted to just take a Bible and he committed himself to just reading the red letters. And if you don't know, if you pick up a Bible, some of them may have it, some of them may not, but a lot of them will have red words and the red words indicate these are the words of Jesus. And Jim committed his life to doing that. And when he did that, his story, I can't tell it, but there was some transformation that began to take place. Today, I want to encourage you to find out what the scripture is, what the, the, the moment is, what the red letters are, or what any scripture it is that you can see or hold on to, to just find out who Jesus is because I believe it's us resting in who he is that restores the wonder. I wanna share with you the scripture that I'm holding on to in this season because I need to know who God is and rest in that fact. It's Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
What a song. I know that I'm going to be so challenged by Mo's words this week as I think about in a time when so many things are battling for that pole position to take the highest spot in my life. What does it look like for me to give glory to God in the highest, to keep my priorities straight in Jesus in the number one position? Um, have a great, great rest of your day. Have a great week. We look forward to seeing you guys at the shop at Christmas Eve or in the new year. <laughs>